Welcome to Poke the Bear Podcast. We are here to expose the lies that this culture uses to manipulate this generation. Interested? Have a listen. Hi everyone, we're back again. This is Morgan. This is Danny. And we're here to talk more about grooming. So if you remember from a previous episode or if you haven't listened go back and listen we talked about grooming as being manipulation so we're just going to continue on in that dig a little bit deeper give you some more tactics some things that um, some things to look out for and then also ways to counteract those tactics so start off today um, we came up with something called uh, method and motive so groomers or manipulators typically are after something it might be something that's kind of like harming the other person so for example if they just want to take all of your money or like want you to change your boundaries because they want something something along those lines um, the motive might be harmful to the person in and of itself but they also might just want to build a relationship but just go about it in a kind of a bad or manipulative way like guilt tripping you Mm -hmm. so then the motives not necessarily that terrible but the method is still manipulation so you have to look at both of those things when it comes to grooming just to make sure that they're not hurting you by what they're taking or by how they're trying to get to where they want to be even if it's not a bad place so that's just a little thing to think about to start off with but we're going to talk about a couple different things today the first one is knowing yourself so when it comes to groomers and manipulators knowing yourself is really important because they know you and that's how they manipulate is by kind of knowing your strengths and weaknesses. So um, we actually have a quote. Yeah, I'll read this and then we can talk about it. So this is from the book In Sheep's Clothing, again, by who is that by? Dr. Simon. I'm not sure. I forget his name. Okay, Dr. (laughs) Simon something. We'll figure that out. Sorry, Dr. Simon. Um, Okay, so he says, if manipulators gain leverage by what they know about you, it only stands to reason that the more you know about yourself and the more you work to overcome your own vulnerabilities, the more leverage you gain in your dealings with them. So manipulators know you already well enough to take advantage of you, right? That's that's how they're manipulating you. So they already know you. So if we know ourselves and we can analyze ourselves and we can be honest with ourselves and know our weaknesses and know our strengths, that, like he said, stands to reason that that would help us um, kind of kind of be on the defensive against a manipulator. Right. And a lot of people now are doing, I mean, there's different personality tests that have been popular over the years, but a lot of people I know are into personality tests and mm-hmm. like to kind of self-evaluate. So that's really good thing um i don't take those at face value all the time and they kind of put people in boxes i feel like but if it can give you a general sense of kind of what type of person you might be or what type of person you might relate to Mm -hmm. it can kind of help you figure out if you're like an overly conscientious person or an overthinker um and by over conscientious i mean like you're very very nice to everyone so (laughs) um which a groomer might really enjoy because if you're really nice and you 
Um, you have trouble setting boundaries and yep. saying no. or And you like helping people, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. But if you like it to the detriment of your own health, um, they will prey on that and use that to their advantage. So, um, And it's Dr. George K. <laughs> Simon. I looked it up. George so K. Simon. That w- that's who wrote In Sheep's Clothing just to awesome. fix that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so just asking yourself the hard questions. And there's a lot of ways you can you can do this. Like Danny was saying, you can take a personality test. A good one is Myers-Briggs. What are you, Danny, on Myers-Briggs? I'm in uh, ISFJ, okay. I think. I think that sounds right because yeah. you told me. Yeah, he's an introvert, which is totally different than someone who's an extrovert. Or just the way you um, perceive the world is totally different. And... Um, there's also the Enneagram, which I have not done. Have you done it? I did a free version of it okay. that was maybe inaccurate, but I was a peacekeeper <laughs> and a like investigator or something. So okay. I don't know. Yeah. Do you know what you can do with that information? Um, no, not okay. top of my well, head. Well, that's okay. Some <laughs> listener, go do the Enneagram and tell us all about it. Yeah, um, and then while. also one thing <clears throat> that I did in college was a strengths test. Um, I think it's called strengths quest, but um, you, it gives you a list of all of your strengths and it, it only focuses on the good stuff, which is nice cause it's not all, all pointing out your weaknesses, but you can really see what you, um, naturally add really easily to the world and to your relationships and you can kind of see your weaknesses and evaluate yourself. So we encourage you, if you feel like you have a manipulator in your life, maybe you're dating them, maybe you're married to them, uh, maybe they're your friend, get to know yourself and use that as a defense. Um, and, and knowing that, knowing your strengths and weaknesses so they can't take advantage of those weaknesses. Yeah, and it's really, I mean, it really puts you at a disadvantage if they know your strengths and weaknesses, but you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, I mean, you could even just, there are definitely personality tests that will help, but even just asking some of your friends what mm-hmm. their opinion of you is, like, hey, do you see me as, like, an outgoing person or a quiet person? Do you see me as, like, an overthinker or an underthinker or overly empathetic or, like, maybe not so empathetic and maybe a little less observant or whatever it may be? Get their opinions and... I know for me with like, as I have gotten older, I've realized that I am kind of an overthinker and over empathetic person. So I tend to like worry a lot about, you know, it's like, I've heard it called a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. You worry a lot about like, are people happy? Are you keeping everyone, you know, like, is everyone cool? Right. Um, And then I've noticed that groomers will take advantage of that because if they want you to do something, they'll just say like, well, this will really help me out. Or like, well, if you don't do this, it's letting a lot of people down. So they'll they'll really play on that to get you to do something just because they know you're really nice and you're going to do it if they push enough. So, yeah, it's really good to know that stuff about yourself. Yeah, so ask yourself those questions and ask other people around you. Yep. That's good. All right, well, let's jump into a couple more specific grooming tactics. So we went over some of the ones we teach in class in our program called Go for the Gold. Now we're going to talk about a couple that are straight from that book, um, In Sheep's Clothing, and talk about how they work. So the first one is selective attention or inattention. Mm -hmm. So this is choosing to only pay attention to things that um, the person wants to. Um, And it's funny because sometimes people can have the ability to pay attention to things for hours and hours on end. Um, But when it gets to something that they don't want to pay attention to, they'll blame not paying attention to it because they can't or because they, you know, they, they act like it's just a different... I don't know. It's it's like because it's not interesting to them, they can't give it the same attention. But they can. They just claim that they can't. Right. They're just choosing not to. Yeah. Um, so this might look like, let's say you have a little kid who 
pays attention to a game on an iPad for hours, but then you try to get them to do their homework and they're like doing it for two minutes and look up and see a squirrel outside and they literally <laughs> have that squirrel moment where they're like, squirrel, I can't do my homework. <laughs> so it all comes down to choice a lot of the times. Now I know some people actually have trouble keeping attention on things. Um, I actually watched a YouTube video recently about this guy, his study methods, he's in med school and he, how he trained his body to like focus in on stuff and like train mainly trained his mind to wow. study for long long hours and kind of gave himself like rewards to do that mentally so hmm. so it's possible there are ways to get better at it but when you're dealing with a groomer that does this stuff so let's say that you're you know talking to someone and they start you let's say you're calling out someone correcting them or something let's say it's your kid and they're not really listening to you super well um, what would you do, Morgan, if let's say you're correcting your kid and they're acting like they're not pay, paying attention and looking all over the place or they start looking at their phone? Well, first I want to say what I wouldn't do. So don't just keep talking at them. So their back is towards you. Don't just keep trying to talk until they turn around because it's likely that they're not going to pay attention to you because you're just saying the same thing over and over and over again. So pause if you are talking or yelling or something, especially at your child, and they're not facing you, and then you just completely go silent, they're likely to turn around and try to figure out what's going on. Like, why did this person suddenly get, get silent and they're not yelling anymore, they're not even talking anymore. So stop speaking to them until they've given you that attention because, again, they can pay attention. They can pay attention to the iPad. That means they can pay attention to you. And so get their attention, then continue talking to them. And of course, in a calm, cool, collected manner, um, not high, being highly emotional about it, but, but ultimately not allowing them to just walk away and you just keep following them and talking. Yeah. And I mean, it helps to, you know, get on their level, like with, mm -hmm. especially with a kid. I know we're talking about groomers in general, but when talking to a kid, I find that if you like take a knee and you see them eye to eye and mm -hmm. explain to them like an adult why like hey you can't do this because of this this consequence might happen um, I think how you approach it will make them want to listen more versus like if you're condescending or talking down to them obviously they're going to be a lot less likely to listen yeah and we're talking about the parent-child relationship if you're dating and someone's just yelling at you like a parent <laughs> you don't want to listen to them because you're dating them they're not meant to be your parent that's true. And so you do feel like it's condescending, like they're trying to tell you what to do, and you're one running away like a child, and they're acting like your parent. Nobody wants to be in that kind of relationship. And so if you're the partner that is the one talking, you can treat that other person with respect and just wait until you're eye-to-eye. -eye. That same eye contact is good no matter the age, um, and really process with each other because you're on the same team. You're not just one person trying to talk at the other person. Yeah, and I, I've noticed that, so with myself, um, some people might have maybe not the greatest experience with their parents talking down to them like that, so mm -hmm. when you start doing that, it might like have these flashbacks kind of thing happen, like where they're, they're just thinking of, well, this is what my parent did, Yeah. Um, and I know with myself, it's like, I am more sensitive to when people abuse authority, I respect authority, no problem, but as soon as someone starts, like, let's say I had someone that was, you know, my boss or someone started chewing me out and talking to me like I was a kid... Um, I would be much more likely to respond to that negatively than someone who hadn't experienced that stuff. Maybe. I Maybe not. But mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's probably accurate. Yeah. So yeah. so another, and it's just, I mean, it goes back to just not reinforcing the groomer's tactics. So if you keep giving them, mm -hmm. a, like, confirmation that it's working. If you keep talking to them while they're not listening, 
if you you know keep giving them that attention even though they're giving you zero attention um, you're not holding them to that standard and so it's the same it's just the same as any other grooming tactic like don't re-encourage or encourage them re-encourage isn't a word don't encourage, <laughs> don't encourage them to just keep doing what they're doing so yeah the next one's diversion so this is basically just trying to distract someone from an issue so let's say you call <laughs> a groomer out so let's say i i like to think of like the the overly possessive and jealous boyfriend or girlfriend so we talked about that on the last episode a little bit um but let's say like you're calling out someone because they have to know where you're going like 24 7 and like look at all the messages on your phone and don't trust you and you're just like I've had it I need to like talk to them about this because it feels like they don't trust me um so let's say you call them out but then they try to divert so they try to take the attention off of that and maybe even call up something that you've done in the past or like some reason like maybe they try to shift it to well I only do this because I've been cheated on a bunch before and so they're trying to take that focus off of their behavior and make you feel bad yep so, any thoughts on what we should do with that one, Morgan? Well, I would say don't fall into their trap. Especially, a groomer will probably say something that's going to be something that you're probably going to respond really emotionally to. Like, they're going to try to divert you to something that you're going to want to defend yourself about. They're going to say, well, remember when you did this thing? And you're, of course, going to want to defend yourself. And it becomes this rabbit trail that you go down. So just don't follow them down the rabbit trail. It's easier said than done, but it can be done. And if at the beginning of an argument or a conflict, you're able to identify one issue, like this is the thing we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that you hurt me in this way or whatever, then you can always be constantly dive, like going back to that thing. So if, if someone else, if you end up talking about or arguing about 10 different things, try to go back to the original thing and don't let that groomer manipulate that conversation to be what they want to talk about. If you feel like you need to talk about something, keep them on track. Keep bringing them back. If they're going to divert, you divert them right back to what you were talking about before. Right. And then another way this can work is, um, I mean, it could just be them changing the subject. It doesn't have to be them, like, it could be them accusing you of something in the past, but yeah. it might just be they try to get your attention on something else or, like, point to something that they saw on TV or just try to make you forget what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, it could also be not answering a question directly. Mm -hmm. So I've seen a lot of people on TV, like politicians or people being interviewed for stuff, like doing <laughs> this kind of thing where you ask them a direct question. And I've done this with some of my friends. I've asked them a very direct question that should just be a yes or no answer. Right. And they'll give me an answer that's like, they'll explain some big story and I'm like, okay but did you hear that question what was the answer to that question and then like I just keep asking them the question until they answer it basically huh. which is repetition so it's kind of grooming in and of itself I guess but <laughs> well but you're trying to get the answer right right it's 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 a little different because you're yeah. it's not I'm not groom I'm not rep repeating myself to groom them to get something I want yeah. necessarily it's I'm I'm not letting them use a grooming tactic on me so because yeah. we did talk about in the last episode don't groom a groomer so don't use these tactics to just manipulate someone True. else so they don't manipulate you because that's called a power struggle and that's the opposite of what you should want in your relationships <laughs> yeah um but also you can't let people not answer your questions and be shady so yeah um so yeah that's that's diversion that's kind of the counter method there um basically the i mean it, it's pretty simple but they're trying to get you off task don't get off task yeah so if we could sum that one up yeah that's good 
Um, the next one is guilt tripping. So guilt tripping is, it's tricky because sometimes the groomer has an advantage because they might not feel like as empathetic or conscientious as you do. And we talked about how in the last episode, how the, there's a misconception that like a manipulator or groomer is maybe like this evil person or like doesn't have any feelings or like a psychopath or someone sociopath. (laughs) That's not always true, Mm -hmm. but people that are like that are more likely to be groomers too, because they can do this stuff and not feel bad about it. So, and they know other people feel worse than them about things. So they can kind of play on that emotion as a weakness um, and use that against people that are less conscient or sorry, more conscientious than they are because they don't have the same feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is tricky. I don't know. I feel like people do this a lot. And I think it goes back, like, if someone's guilt tripping you, go back to what we were talking about at the beginning, knowing yourself. Like, if you know that you're not doing what you're doing to hurt them, you're not doing what you're doing not thinking about their feelings, and they make you feel bad, it's on them. It's not on you. So it really takes some self-examination. Like, what are my motives in this situation? Are they calling me out because I am making them feel bad? Or I'm hurting them in some way? Or am I not? Right. I think it really just takes some self-honesty. Yeah. I've seen people... This can So this can come off as the groomer calling the person unloving or selfish but they might actually be the one who's being unloving or selfish. So it's, they're kind of turning Mm. that around and trying to put it on the other person. Um, so one example, let's say you had a person who doesn't like a certain restaurant, right? And they never ever let the other person go to that restaurant like ever because it's, they don't like it. And they, it's not, it's not even that they can't eat anything there. It's just that they don't prefer it. Mm -hmm. Um, so they tell the other person like we can never go there. And the other person decides to go there one time. They're like, "We like, I really want to go here. Can we, you know, please go?" And then the person who doesn't like it might accuse the person of being unloving or selfish. Mm. Um, but I would just question: Well, by calling me unloving and selfish to manipulate me to get me to not eat that place, isn't that a little like selfish and unloving? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's kind of a double standard of like, well, you know, I've been willing to bend for you and not go there for a long time. So the one time I want to go there, isn't it kind of like? the opposite and that's kind of a weird example but it's I actually saw one person do that to a group of people so Hmm. this person never wanted this group to go to this one restaurant and the one time they wanted to go it was actually for a birthday too so the person whose birthday it was (laughs) picked the place to go and they said I want to go here Um, and they couldn't even go there one time without this person calling them unloving and selfish and making a big deal about it crying so it was oh my goodness yeah so (laughs) it was a big deal Ooh, what um, a groomer. <laughs> so, yeah, when I explain the details of that, it sounds more and more ridiculous as I keep going, and that's how... But it really happens, and if right. you're in that situation and someone is crying and telling you that you're unloving, you're probably more likely to believe them and apologize profusely right. than you are to be like, huh, I'm being manipulated. Yeah, so if it you're works. an empathetic person, like, I would just be like, yeah. I'm okay, sorry. sorry, like, we'll go somewhere else, but it's right. like they're manipulating me at the same time, so... Right. It's it's really hard to walk that line between like still mm. loving and caring for this person, but also just being like, no, no, like you're being really manipulative. We're gonna go here, and if you don't want to come, you know, you can pick something up and bring it there. We can like pick you up something afterward. Um, whatever. There's there's other options. So, right. hmm. so the best way to counter the guilt trip um, is 
this is a little tricky, but honestly, don't allow like everyone in the world to define your moral convictions and your identity. So what I mean by this is like, yes, have a few people in your life who can call you out if you're doing something that is wrong, you know, like someone who's really close to you, mm-hmm. uh, maybe give them that permission to, to kind of speak that into your life where it's like if they see you going down a path that's not good, they could, you know, correct you. Um, but I've made the mistake of taking everyone's word as just as valuable as everyone else's. Mm-hmm. So it's like someone who is an acquaintance to me, if they would say, well, I don't know about that because it sounds like you're, you know, not the nicest person or doing something wrong, I would take that really seriously. When it's like, honestly, it's like, who does this person doesn't have that status in my life. Um, so it kind of comes back to boundaries and it's like, who do you give the authority to speak into your life? Mm-hmm. If you've dated someone for three weeks and they're telling you you're unloving or selfish or, you know, calling you out for something, you know, how, how much should you take that advice versus if you go and ask your, your best friend or your parents or your mentor and you ask them, Hey, this is the situation. Am I being selfish? And they tell you a different story. You know, that's that's kind of how I would counter this is just make sure you're getting different people's opinions and, and just, again, realizing if you're one of those over-empathetic people, don't let people get to your conscience and, you know, make decisions and care for people but know where to draw the line too. Yeah. So, All right, well, that was um, some more grooming tactics for you. Um, hopefully they were uh, – we were digging deep. Maybe you could um, – connect with some of those hopefully not (laughs) but if you could maybe you know how to uh, counter some of those tactics now Um, and I I always say that we teach this stuff so that if you're being groomed you can defend yourself but also if you are a groomer if you realize you're doing some of this stuff which I have in my past like we all have kind of caught ourselves doing this um, don't feel bad about it everyone learns this from somewhere it doesn't mean you're a selfish like not empathetic person it might just mean that your parents did this and you Mm -hmm. just kind of learned it so whether you've been a victim of grooming, which which that can also be not fun to admit, or whether you have been a groomer, either way, this is hopefully helpful and um, hopefully learning stuff can, you know, help you grow in that. So, all right, well, catch us next time when we're talking about grooming and a couple more tactics and warning signs of a groomer that we haven't covered yet and all kinds of good stuff. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us on Poke the Bear podcast. Join us for more at our website, go the number four, the gold.org.